You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Food feature. And in our food feature today, we are talking about the great foods that you can eat that naturally help with hypertension, something that many people are possibly even dealing with completely unawares. So we're joined now by nutrition dietitian Mpo Chukudu. Mpo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Good afternoon, Rilewakili and the listeners. So why were you so passionate that you decided to, you know, think about the fact that we actually need to use food as as medicine? I am a trained dietitian and I specialize in functional nutrition, but I also have an interest in African indigenous food and culture and wrote a book about it. So my focus is looking at seasonal available ingredients, but also celebrating culture and getting healthy using that. Mm-hmm. So obviously hypertension is in reference to having high blood pressure. Yes, um, especially in South Africa, that uh, because we majority of Afri- um, black Africans, we um, also have the highest incidences of uh, high blood pressure. You also see it in younger children, like even in high school, without, especially with boys, that they walk around with blood pressure without knowing it, which can result in kidney failure and all the other complications later mm. in life. And I, I just have this... Um let me say this perception from the different homes and the home that I grew up of the type of food that we eat as South Africans that we love salt. Yes, we do. We do use quite a lot of salt, especially if you are, I always say to my clients that if you are, if you're cooking food yourself, especially if the food is whole, um, then you're less likely to use more salt. But if you are eating highly processed foods and also adding in the packet soups and the stock cubes and all the marinades and the additional chicken spices, the Portuguese spices and the barbecue spices that we use, all of those products, even Aromate, all of those products have salt, but people still add salt on top of that. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I have met many people who um, have a habit of automatically seasoning their food without tasting it first. It happens quite a lot, and people need to understand that you can season your food with herbs, you can use lemon juice, you can use vinegars, you can use spices that don't have salt to improve the flavor of your food without even reaching out to salt. Mm-hmm. So let's then talk, and I, and I mean, I don't know if it is a South African thing that our food is um, high in salt, but maybe clarify for us with all of your experience and knowledge of food, right? is when we're chasing the, 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 the feeling of, of seasoned food, that are we chasing the saltiness or we're actually chasing flavor? We are chasing flavor. So one of the reasons that we promote whole foods is that if, if the food is whole, it has the fiber, it has the essential fats, it has the, the natural flavor that comes with the food. I'll make an example with grains, like with, with maize. Maize that is whole has the, all the essential nutrients and it has a beautiful taste to it. But if you're going to grind it and remove the, the, the endosperm, which is where the essential oils and the proteins are and the, and the bread, you end up with maize meal, which is this blend product 
you cannot eat it with uh, on its own to and get satisfaction that you've eaten. So you want to accompany it with things that are fatty, things that are salty, things that um, have a lot of um, flavorings and colorings to get close to something that is a, a natural taste and natural flavor. So that's what the food industry is all about. They take food that is healthy and whole, they remove the essential nutrients, then they bring it back to us with added colors and all the other foods that are unhealthy for us. Mm. So just in terms of um, where our um, minds need to be at, um, in terms of recognizing foods that are actually um, a detriment to our blood pressure. Outside of just talking about salty foods, what are the foods that we need to avoid uh, in that regard? So food that is processed, um, that has been ground, and um, they essentially remove the, the essential oils and the fiber, like I said. So things like maize meal, things like um, white flour that we use to make bread and pastas and the beautiful maguena and the other stuff that we make and also looking at daily meats like bianas, rations and palones. Those products legally have to be about 40 to 60% meat. The rest of it is sugar, is salt, is colorant, is um, fats that are not good for us. And they also have um, chemicals that have shown to increase blood pressure and um, known to actually increase the rate of colon cancer. Also, when you're looking at um, cool drinks, um, sugary foods, what essentially all of these unhealthy foods do is that when after eating them, when they get to your gastrointestinal system, they increase the growth of the bad bacteria, and that also cascades to affecting your the way you digest the fats, the way you digest your your um, carbohydrates, and also they then. In, um, lead to an imbalanced blood sugar level, which eventually then lead to weight gain, then the increase in blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think it's important that you, you know, mention the daily processed meats. Maybe help us understand just in terms of the preparation when the meats arrive to us, um, when they are, you know, they are smoked, they are cured, they are flavored. What are the things we need to be aware of? Because many households, it's easy to just buy poloni and cut that up and put it in your child's lunchbox. Yes, it's easy. Um, I also don't find it also cost effective because you essentially buy out of that one kilogram only 400 grams of it is meat. It is. It has soya, it has chemicals, it has sugars, it has um, colorants and all the other products that are not good for you. So it would be much easier to actually maybe make a, a bean spread. Like people, hummus is very um, famous, but then making it with any other bean, whether you have cowpeas, you have bambara nuts, or you have butter beans as a spread for your children. Um, also maybe using tinned fish, um, if you're using eggs, if you're using natural whole foods done using processed food. Mm-mm. So for for the parent or the listener that is thinking to themselves, my goodness, we keep so many cold meats in the fridge because it's just so convenient. What is an alternative that is that can be as convenient because many people live on sandwiches for lunch or it's something that's easy to throw on a plate for a meal? Peanut butter works very well. If you're not allergic, um, eggs, tuna, tin fish, 
if you made chicken uh, the day before, just do a little bit extra and shred it, you know, the way that tuna in a tin is shredded. Yes. Then you can make, mix that with avo. If you don't have avo, I like taking plain yogurt or even sour milk and adding herbs to it and black pepper and, and, um, and lemon juice instead of using mayonnaise on the chicken. Also, it works easier for tuna. Um, it also use, yeah, works also for tuna. Um, what else? I'm thinking mincemeat. Mm. Um, it works much easier, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to the other types of processed foods that you mentioned, like um, if we think about white flour, for example, which then might close us off from a, from a big part of baked goods and breads. Would you say, you know, other than looking for your less refined uh, breads, like maybe um, a whole seed type of loaf uh, or the browns, um, would uh, an alternative like your rye be better? Yes, the alternative like rye would be better, even the, the seeded bread or the sourdough. I understand that it is much more expensive, but you will not I see people eating four slices of the normal brown bread. But if you're eating the, the whole grain bread or the seeded bread or the rye bread, by the time that you, you start your second slice or you're halfway through it, you are full. So, so whole foods, yes, are expensive, but you eat less. Mm. So you get you get fuller much quicker. Mm, mm, mm. And um, I, I've actually just got a question that's come through on the WhatsApp line, and of course, uh, all of you are free to send through your questions. Oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two for part on this discussion on the the foods that can naturally help with hypertension. And the question that's come through is. Um, Please ask if pink Himalayan, they've said red Himalayan salt, but I think they're trying to say pink Himalayan salt is good for hypertension. I've heard a lot of claims about its benefits that comes through from Farai. This is actually a misconception. There are many different types of salt that we have around the world with many different colors. Yes, it has the nutrients compared to the sea salt that um, we all grew up um, having that we buy at the store. But Depend, uh, like uh, considering the amount that you use in your food, like half a teaspoon, maybe cooking for four or five people, it is not substantial. Like those nutrients are not substantial to make a difference in your diet. So it is a marketing ploy. It's beautiful. You know, I also have it because it looks pretty, but it doesn't make a huge difference in your in your life. If you having if you are having a cup of it. Like if you were allowed to have a cup of it, yes, I would say that it makes a difference when you compare it with the normal sea salt. But looking at the quantities that we are eating, it doesn't make a difference. I'm so shocked, hey, Mpo, because I have heard so yeah, many no. things about Himalayan. No, yeah, yes, yes, it does. If you analyze it per 100 grams. Yes. But nobody is having 100 grams. So as saving and a portion, we need to be realistic. When somebody says this product has that, you need to look at what is a saving at one point. Will it have the nutrients that are making a difference? No, it doesn't. I buy it out of vanity. Not that I'm hoping for magic. No, I, and, and, and I'm glad that you are able to differentiate for us because there's also the perception that when something is a lot more expensive, it must be better for us. 
No, it looks pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like marble when it's there in its slab and there's restaurants that can serve you your steak on that Himalayan salt. Okay, so now let's talk about the foods that you should be going for that will naturally help reduce um, your uh, blood pressure. So these foods are as close to the way they come from nature as possible. So if you're thinking of grains, sorghum, your millet, corn, your brown rice, um, they're much more healthier because the brain is still there. So when you're talking about nutrition, we, we actually are focusing on the brain and the food and the endosperm, which are the essential nutrients. Um, also the beans and lentils. We have many, many different types of beans and lentils. Yes, it takes longer to cook, um, especially that we have load shedding, but I tend to cook my beans on, on a weekend, so I will do four different types on the stove at one time. At one time. So I have four pots, then you decan them into um, um, a, like a freezer bag or even the Pyrex dishes, and you freeze them. They can stay in your fridge for a month or even two. So when there's load shedding, you come back, you do your tomato and onion and celery uh, gravy, and you decant to your fruits and beans and lentils. If you can't, you can still use the, the canned beans, but please remember that you need to rinse your canned beans. In that way, you're removing about 50% of the salt because salt is the highest contributor to, it's one of the highest contributors to blood pressure. I've got an anonymous WhatsApp message. Uh, good day, Lebhile. Great show. I'm a long distance runner and I have a high blood pressure. What food is good for me? So obviously, I'm, I'm assuming as a long distance runner, they want to make sure that they are keeping the sustenance that they need uh, for um, those long distances. Yes, they need to eat healthy because especially with long distance runners, it's quite... Um, energy intensive so they they need to eat food that are going to help them to repair um, their muscles uh, that they don't um, do much much damage to them so the whole greens like you talked about using beans and lentils as a form of protein using seeds and nuts and and their oils and especially when you're using the oil it needs to be cold pressed meaning that it was extracted at, at, at lower temperature because the nuts and seeds have um, antioxidants in them and they are heat sensitive. So if it's cold pressed, it means the oil has also those benefits. And also when you're choosing fish, um, that the oil, uh, the, the fish is oily like sardines, mackerel and the trout and the anchovies, which are, we have, they have um, omega-3 essential fatty acids, which have been known to balance your blood sugar level, to lower blood pressure, they make your skin look good, they're good for your immune health and all the other benefits. Mm. So let's talk about leafy greens, which somehow sometimes get left on the wayside. Um, why are they so important? Leafy greens, um, so the rule is that the, 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 more, the better, the better. So you want them to have that, that um, sharpness in them, like the nibble talk. Especially when you're looking at the indigenous ones, like we have Morocco, like the Amaranth and um, the different kinds that we have all over the country. The more bitter it is, the more antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties it has, which means it's good for your blood pressure, it's good for your diabetes, it's good for your kidneys and your skin and your immune system. So when you're choosing, um, I'd always make an example with broccoli. Broccoli shouldn't taste nice. It needs to have that thing like in you know in on your tongue that you like when am I finishing this this bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it needs vegetables need to taste like that with 
with industrialization and modernization, we have bred um, varieties that taste sweet, meaning that they have lost the antioxidants and the the goodness in them. So choose vegetables that don't taste good. The Mm. butternut and the other sweet potatoes can taste good, but on the green, the more green, the more better, the Mm. more not nice, the the good it is for you. And especially with amaranth, like tepe, that it has been shown to lower blood pressure. Mm. And the old people will tell you, the old ladies have said to me, no, no, when you come back from the clinic and they say you have blood pressure, if you just eat um, uh, morojo, then you'll be fine. And Mm. they're right. Mm. It works. Mm. And it also works the way that it was prepared was very simple. It wasn't prepared in a complicated manner. No, I'm, I'm one for the easier the cooking process, the better. Not that it has to be processed, mm. but the old ways that our grandmothers used to cook. That's why they live until they're 95. Yes. Blood pressure. Where can we find you on social media, Mpo? Um, Mpotsikudu underscore on Instagram. underscore on Instagram and yes, she already mentioned she is an author so go and check out her book. I think actually Mpo, you and I had a conversation a couple of years ago about your book specifically around African cuisine and just celebrating the food and the ingredients that we grew up with right here at home. Yes, we did. Yes, Mpo, thank you so, so much Mpo Tsukudu, dietitian, nutritionist and author.